Welcome to the Martial Arts Psychosis Podcast. Grab some coffee, protein shake or your favorite steroids and enjoy the show. And welcome to the another episode of the best podcast in the world, Martial Arts Psychosis. Uh, with me today, I have my, my good friend and my physiotherapist, Christine Mack. Hey, Christine. Hey, Philip. Uh, so, um, Christine is nervous, so we need to relax <laughs> a little bit. Uh, so, um, okay, so you know what? Um, we, Christine and I met, uh, you were my physiotherapist, and you tried to fix my almost unfixable back. We did make some progress. And that's actually, I at first didn't even think about you as a guest uh, to my podcast, but my wife did. Uh, so, because uh, she thinks you you and your knowledge can be useful to a lot of people listening to this. And I have to agree. Um, and so, okay, so tell us, you know what? Introduce yourself. Tell us more about yourself. Uh, what are you doing in this role? Um, yes, why do I exist? Yeah, <laughs> why, why do you exist? Uh, right? Yeah, I'm a physical therapist in... Um, a private clinic. I do jiu-jitsu. I'm a blue belt. Hopefully not forever, but it's uh, it's a fun journey. I used to do Muay Thai, and uh, yeah, my weekends I snowboard, I mountain bike, and nice. I like to travel. And you paint too. Oh yes, I, I paint. Nice. Yeah. Okay. I you, you, knew that. <laughs> you, you know you know what? Of course I didn't know. That. <laughs> I did my research. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so, so you know what? Let's let's talk. Talk about painting. Like, how did you get into that? Like, oh, good question. I don't know. I just always liked drawing. And in high school art class, we had to do different mediums. And one day, actually, my friend didn't think I could paint this one painting of him, Jimi Hendrix. Okay. So I did. And then just after that, every once in a while, I just do a painting, I guess. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And, you, like, you do it for your friends? Or how do you, like... Yeah, I've done like one or two for myself and then a few commissions in the last couple of years. Nice. So, nice. yeah, just kind of randomly every few years. I'd like to do more, but it's time consuming. How so. much practice does it require? How, how, okay, mm. you know what? Let me rephrase the question. How much um, of, of that is talent? How much of it is <laughs> practice? Well, I don't want to say I'm too talented, but I don't really practice, so... <laughs> so I guess you are. I think yeah, I just, I guess you I just are. wing it, yeah. yeah. Okay. Art is in the eye of the beholder, whatever they say, so... Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Looks well, oh. good from a distance, and if you blur your eyes a bit, so that's kind of what I aim for, you know? Okay, all right, <laughs> awesome. And um, so you're a physiotherapist, and I mean, you fix people for a living. Mm -hmm. how, how, how did you choose that profession? Why did you Why did you go? Uh, wait, what? Yeah, okay. How did you choose that profession? This is and any addition to this question is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I was always interested in fitness to start. I, I was, actually I always knew that I wanted to do healthcare, mm -hmm. and then I always had an interest in fitness and exercise. I wasn't sure what I wanted to be when I went to university, so I just took some general classes and then just discovered. By talking to my friends and being around the university kinesiology department, kind of the interesting world of rehab. So I thought that was kind of a nice way to combine things. I didn't mm -hmm. really want to work in a job. Like I wanted to help people and be in healthcare, but I didn't want to deal with life or death or yeah. guts or mm -hmm. you know anything 
Yeah. Feces. Extreme like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. uh, so feces was a, was a good fit for me because it could combine helping people and exercise. Yeah, nice. And I, I think it's a great fit for you. Yeah. I think you're exceptionally talented. Well, thank you. For, for Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. <laughs> <laughs> I host only the best, Christine. Yes, that's uh, right. <laughs> all right. So, um, okay, I do have structure, but I'm going to steer away from it pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, so. Let's, uh, yeah, like, what, why did you choose, why did you choose jiu-jitsu? Why did you choose combat sports? Jesus Christ, not a lot of women, <laughs> not a lot of women fight. <laughs> uh, I used to do, I just started doing weightlifting, and uh, one of my friends in university. What kind she, of weightlifting? Like Olympic? Just, no, just general weightlifting. Oh, just like, bodybuilding? I kind of started okay. when I was 18. You know, after high school, you don't really have the organized sports anymore. You have, like, the once-a-week university rec teams, but it's kind of hard to just start doing your own exercise. So I just mm -hmm. got into weightlifting because what else do you do really that you can do regularly? Yeah. And uh, at the time, that's kind of what I felt like. And uh, my one friend, he started doing Muay Thai actually. And he said, you should do this. I think you'd really like it. So I was like, oh, okay. And I started that. And uh, then I kind of started watching UFC around the same time. So it was extra mm -hmm. exciting. And then I actually started jujitsu because uh, there was a short period of time where I was like, oh, I'm going to do MMA. I'm going to fight MMA. Yeah. Better learn how to grapple if that's the case. So I started jiu-jitsu, but then I just kind of fell in love with jiu-jitsu and decided it was time to stop getting punched in the head because I was starting my career as a physio. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. Like, yeah, you know, that's kind of a good transition. So yeah. it was a good time. You know what? Talking about uh, being punched in the head, um, I was actually, earlier today, I had a podcast with um, Dominika Kumar-Zidov. I don't know if you know who that guy is. No. He was he was uh, one of the original cast of The Contender Asia. Oh, okay. one, He lost against John Wayne Parr. Oh. So he lives in Thailand. Yeah. Uh, and so I was talking to him about brain damage and about accumulation of, of punches to the head. Yeah. And I know at, at peak um, health and performance where you work, uh, you were doing some uh, concussion management programs as well, or yeah, the chiropractors run the concussion management oh, okay. programs. All right. So I know a bit about it, but I don't do the actual testing. Okay, all right. Anymore. So yeah, then then uh, my question is not very valid, but like okay, so what's, yeah, for sure. Like yeah. what's 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 your experience with that? Like you're, you're treating yeah. athletes, yeah. and like I I would I would say that concussion is something we all got at least once. Totally. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm. I'm giving you the mic. Yeah, I think uh, I think the thing with concussions that people don't realize is, like you said, almost everyone has had it at least once. And in my opinion, when you're doing sparring and everything, like, I know I've had a couple oh, times yeah. where you see stars. Like if you see stars or even get a headache or mm -hmm. um, any of those symptoms where you feel foggy or not yourself or anything like that, chances are you have a concussion. Like a concussion they used to think was a bruise to the brain from it hitting the skull. Um are you either bouncing and hitting skull or you're falling back and you're hitting skull, but now they've basically, um, it doesn't have to involve the brain hitting the skull to be a concussion, it just involves a shearing of the matter on your brain. So it's basically more an acceleration, deceleration force that can cause a concussion is mm -hmm. uh, what I mean. So uh, a lot of people get concussions without realizing it and they just think because they're not out for days and they're not sensitive to light that they don't have one, but it's not true. If you have a quick acceleration, deceleration force, which happens a lot of time with falling or getting punched, and then, yeah, you have any of those emotional symptoms or just anything where you don't feel right or, like I said, see stars or whatever, yeah. you have a concussion, and it should be taken seriously because it is a brain injury. You know, just like anything else that gets injured, you would take yeah. it seriously, like your ankle or your shoulder, or you would stop what you're doing 
And it's funny because people don't stop when their brain gets injured. They're like, oh, it's not that bad. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. And, that's, and that's super sensitive, too. Yeah. Because, uh, like, our mechanism of taking punches is not nearly as good as our mechanism of Recent, yeah, getting punches. <laughs> yeah, I discovered <laughs> so, that. Yeah. Better. Well, I don't know. I might be better at taking punches. That's probably happened more than me giving them. <laughs> well, you, you know what? I, I think that's, uh, as in jiu-jitsu, I think that's just, that just the um, nature of, of our sport. You have to lose a lot before you can win. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think that's the story of, of life. Yes, you lose true. hell of a lot more than you win. Yeah. And yeah. in those rare moments you win, that's why you're so happy. Yeah, if I'm winning all the time, then it'd be normal for yeah, me. But yeah, it's not. It's exceptional. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> I'm a loser, but I won today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. so, uh, so, yeah, I mean, how do you... Okay, I guess in, in full contact sports, how do you prevent those concussion slash sub-concussion um, things or subconscious symptoms or what do you do uh, what do i do okay it's kind of yeah i have it like like i'm doing a hard sparring session yeah and after a hard sparring session i for sure have a minor concussion afterwards uh-huh. that's what you're trying to say right yeah it's there's a good chance of it okay yeah. all right so what do i do afterwards well um there's a little bit there's some different research on concussions but basically the main problem with concussions is the repeated concussions repeated concussions before the first one has healed. So the main thing is if you feel like you have a mild concussion, you have to, and there's actually a lot of research saying that there isn't really a mild concussion or a heavy concussion. Like you might have mild symptoms, but at the end of the day, it's a brain injury. So either way, if you feel like you have concussion symptoms, then you should back off and rest and for that day, like stop sparring. And then just um, evaluate if it's, yeah, like if it is gonna be a concussion or a bad neck strain or it could be a number of things, but if you have a concussion, you basically have to stop sparring. For how and long? How long does it take for a minor concussion to heal? Well, it's uh, neurophysiologically, it takes thirty days for a concussion to heal. So they recommend that it's for the first two weeks. You're definitely not doing any contact, but you're basically recommended to avoid physical activity that surpasses like seventy percent of your heart rate for those first two weeks. If you have a concussion yeah and because it's the cumulative trauma that and like i said there is a bit of mixed research on this but the latest is going towards it's the cumulative effect of concussions mm-hmm. within that 30 uh, day window that causes the long-term effects oh, wow. if you let the concussion heal within 30 days there's research showing that it's it's healed and you're not necessarily going to have a cumulative effect yeah. if you get one within the next 60 days or whatever okay. it's the multiple within the 30 okay. days that's a problem all right okay so yeah that's that's yeah. amazing because like when i'm thinking about fight camps mm. you, you're fighting in three weeks hard sparrings every day yeah it's that's why a lot of people stopped doing that though that's true but you still have to do hard sparrings you still have to hard spar because you need you need to be um, mentally, I, I, same thing I was talking, well, yeah, I'm repeating myself, but still, from the previous podcast, but it's useful for this conversation. Um, you have to be mentally prepared for the shock, for the emotional shock yes. of getting punched into the face. It is true. <laughs> yeah, I remember the first time I got into hit hard. <laughs> into yeah. Right. And an instructor pointed out that keep your eyes open, it doesn't hurt any less if your eyes are... Close. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> but, it's, but it's a reflex. It is a reflex, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I guess it has to be a certain rate of acceleration, deceleration. And some people will do hard sparring without having concussion symptoms. So I guess technically you won't get one necessarily every time. But, you know, it's just after you have a few sessions of those and there's probably going to be one or two. Or, like, you know, after you have multiple hard sparring sessions in a week. Yeah. Oh, can I have concussion without any symptoms? That is a good question. It would be hard to call it that, so I would say no. Hey, can you just put your mic closer to your face? Oh, sorry. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. Um, yeah, much better. Because I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the waves. And not. Oh, <laughs> yours, are, yours are way quieter than mine. Um, all right, so... Yeah, uh, because we yeah. grade, we measure concussions by we get you to fill out a certain list of... Uh, which symptoms you do feel and then it will also reflect in if you have yeah light sensitivity sound sensitivity balance issues mm -hmm. and uh, anything that shows that there's been a little bit of brain trauma so i don't think you would recognize that you had a concussion or anyone necessarily would if you had no symptoms because there would be nothing to do with it yeah that's that's exactly what i'm what i'm trying to say that's exactly what's i mean at least that's the trend between um like in a, in a international fight community and you can look at the forums online and stuff like that listening to podcasts is actually that the fact that we don't fighters don't perceive concussions as such either because they're used to the symptoms mm -hmm. or that's because true. they they're not showing any symptoms at all yeah, uh, but but the accumulation of sub-concussion uh, type of impact and trauma to your brain results in, in long-term brain injury. Yeah, exactly. It's the repeated impact. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I, I don't honestly think that we as, as, as fighters can do anything to prevent that because that's not mm -hmm. just the nature of a sport. It is, yeah. Sport, right? So you win by punching someone in the face. It's true. You can manage it and manage the like longevity of your brain and career by being smart when you do have one. And there's things that have changed in the recovery too. Like we don't recommend to lay in a dark room and stuff like that anymore. You do have to because your brain needs to be trained back to recovery just like anything else that you injure. So we do recommend, you know, once you're symptom free, there's a a protocol for when to start getting back into light cognitive activity mm -hmm. or, you know, part time or a few hours of work and that all mm -hmm. happens within the first week that we need to get you back to brain function. Okay. So just following the proper protocol like that and, you know, not, um, yeah, just assisting recovery, things like fish oils help and magnesium once you have a concussion. And some people find that it helps to take those preemptively too, mm -hmm. just for brain health. For sure. Yeah, but you're right. So, I mean, that's the nature of the sport. You are going to get punched yeah. in the head. So yeah. I don't think I've ever met anyone that does striking without having had a concussion. No, yeah, that's that's impossible. Yeah, and as as we said before, you don't even have to be knocked out or knocked down uh -huh. or rocked. Like you don't even have to be dizzy. Just a punch that kind of takes away the feeling in your arm and your legs for uh, like a split second. Yeah, yeah, that's like a it's a stinger burner. So mm -hmm. that is a stress on the neck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if if you feel that, that's probably a, a minor injury to your brain. Yeah. Well, that's so, definitely a minor injury. It's a injury to the brachial plexus in your neck. So I treat that a lot. I think we treated that on you. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. We, we treated. I mean, we tried treating. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but, yeah. but mine is yeah, obviously too severe. We had a number of things going <laughs> on. So <laughs> okay. So let's let's talk about neck injuries. Oh yeah, there's a lot of those. Okay. So uh, you said fighters do have a lot of neck injuries, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, what can we do to prevent those? Um, strengthening the neck helps um, for sure, and just maintain is kind of a fine line because you don't want a super flexible neck 
but you want enough mobility in your neck that you can get choked and whatnot without uh, having to tap early from it being too tight. So you, you want it to be mobile, but you also want it to be strong to withstand the punches, right? And it's a bit different for striking versus jiu-jitsu. Like striking, like for striking, for sure, you need to have like quite a strong neck in the surrounding neck musculature and everything. And for jiu-jitsu, mobility is a bit more of an issue because of things like guillotines and darts, where your neck is being hyperflexed or hyperbent yeah. to one side. That, that's my biggest problem because yeah. I have no So mobility. overall neck mobility and strength, like both mm. of them. Okay. For anything else. All right. Or like just, yeah, for everything, I'd say. Do you see any common mistakes in neck exercises that, that people are doing? Because you, mm -hmm. you, you know what I'm talking about? If, if, you, if you see like ties, uh, how they do it with the uh, kettle, like a weight uh, on the bottom and then they kind of bite the towel. Oh, and they, and, and and they lift yeah. up against that. Yeah. yeah. That and old boxing thing where you have that. That cap on with, with oh, the chains and and then it moves yeah. that one. Um, yeah. Uh, to be honest, I actually haven't looked at some of the more international, we'll call it techniques mm -hmm. of like neck strengthening. Um, so what I would you think, re what would you recommend? Okay. Well, there's one like we talk about in physiotherapy a lot. A lot of people are, are not strong enough in their deep neck flexors, so like the muscles that do this really. But I don't necessarily see that in fighters because. It's kind of tough. It could be because a lot of people, when they're not fighting, also have different postures that do, like, actually contribute to being too tight back here and still too weak here. So it kind of depends on your life outside of fighting, too, and your posture, and that affects what you need to do for neck exercises. But I think the main thing that people not necessarily do wrong for strengthening their neck, because a lot of people are kind of on the right track. Some people do are on the extreme side. Like, I don't think you have to be extending your neck with, like, a huge ton of weight hanging off of it because realistically times that you do have to extend your neck like coming out of a clinch or trying to posture yeah. up in jiu-jitsu you are using your arms and stuff to like help push you you're not just going to be yanking up 100 pounds with just your head yeah. right so that's definitely i wouldn't necessarily recommend that but i think the main thing missing for neck strengthening would be um strengthening for like the unexpected motions and angles and and speeds like when you're getting punched so I do agree or I think that for neck strengthening I encourage people to try to add some element of power or like velocity kind of like it seems weird but I've had some people like grab a band and just kind of like kind of almost whip their head into the band once they're strong enough like not right after yeah. you injured it but yeah. for a rehab just because that is what's going to happen is someone's going to knock you quite quickly so if you're only strengthening in these nice Controlled motions, those are important too because yeah. they strengthen through the range. But you have to prepare for the velocity and sometimes the random angles that someone's going to be yeah. punching you at or pulling you at. So you need to work on that type of adaptation, muscular neural adaptation in your neck. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Just uh, I'm, I like to get people strong for unexpected, for the unexpected because that's when a lot of people hurt themselves, particularly in fighting. Like mm. people are pulling you one way that you didn't expect to be pulled or off balancing you or punching you in a direction that you're trying not to be punched. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's the, that, that's the whole philosophy behind it, right? Yeah, yeah. The thing is, they're trying to do things to you that you don't want done to you, so you can't really predict. So. <laughs> All right, okay. Uh, okay, so, so um, I, where I see the connection is your sense of, of, of like, your sense for art, mm -hmm. your love of art, obviously, and jujitsu. How do you how do you see that connection? Do you see a connection at all? Hmm. I don't know if I've ever actually 
connected the two for myself, they're both therapeutic in different ways. Um, I think the thing I do like about both of them, and maybe this is what appeals to me about both of them, but is uh, they're both therapeutic and they both kind of can give you a sense of stillness, like even in jiu-jitsu when you're doing it with someone else, you can just kind of calm your mind and then just do it the way you want for both of those. And you can apply your own creative touch to it. So I like those aspects for the two of those, but um, yeah, obviously when I'm craving a sweat, I'll go to jiu-jitsu and I can, the thing is jiu-jitsu can kind of help me get- help Or paint me. in the sun. Yeah, I came to the song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. I like them both just as uh, just different forms of therapy. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah. But I don't find that in striking, though. No. Striking no. is completely striking different. Is not, yeah, striking is a different... It's like more... I feel like striking is a bit more like cathartic. Like you're releasing energy. Yes. Yeah, whereas yeah. like jiu-jitsu is more like... Um, like it's just kind of a relaxing... It's more relaxing. Even if you're going hard, there's something just... If you're doing it right, it's yeah. fluid and it's, uh, yeah. you know, it makes you think that no one's kind of punching you in the face mm -hmm, <laughs> while sure. you're doing it. <laughs> for sure. Uh, okay, this is my, these are my dogs barking. I don't know, I think someone, someone's home. Uh, all right. So, dry needling. Oh, so everyone's the, favorite. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the method you like to use a lot, right? So, mm -hmm. tell us more about it. And I have, I have a couple of questions because I did some reading on it. Ah, okay. Okay, yeah. So, you go first. Yeah, so dry needling um, is also known as IMS, intramuscular stimulation. Uh, some people call it trigger point dry needling, but basically what you do is you take a needle, and it's called dry because you're not injecting a substance. Okay. So, you're taking a needle, like I use uh, just a thicker acupuncture needle, basically. It's thick, like you can't see it thick. I've only got scared when I say that, but it is basically an acupuncture needle. And basically, you're going into tight spots in the muscles, and you want to, you're stimulating them, like you're hitting the muscle spindles and getting the stretcher, stretch receptors going so they contract and then they relax. And then the reason that, well, the reason dry needling, I think, is really popular and really effective is it's tangible. Everyone really, you feel the effects immediately, like you feel the muscle contract and then release. And most people find the benefits right away because you just get a sudden improvement in mobility because that knotted up muscle that's been restricting your motion is now gone. So okay. That's oh, okay. How it works. So if if I understood you correctly, the theory behind it: muscle contracts, muscle mm -hmm. releases, mm -hmm. uh, and that gets the blood blood flowing through the muscle. Yeah, because you get these knots from like um, overuse or repeated traumas or mm -hmm. just whatever reason you usually it'd be one of those. And then so in that area where the muscle starts to get tighter, like it's just uh, inflammation if you're overusing a muscle. Let's think of it that way. So then your body will sense that's your inflammation and it will release cells to kind of create a bit of scar tissue to help guard the area. But then you end up having a little knot. If you want to picture like, I use a visual of like a little ball of yarn or something, you know, okay. you've got scar tissue and everything. And then trying to get something through the ball of yarn, like there's less oxygen and blood flow because it's all kind of bundled up. So then it feels good because once you hit that bundle in the, the, in the muscle and then it contracts and relaxes, you get, relaxes, then you get the... Uh, an increase in blood flow and oxygen flow to the area. All right. So it which, which helps in healing as well. Right? It helps it, healing, yeah. It helps stimulate the healing and it gets rid of the, like, um, just some of the bouncy yeah. and amounts of okay. and whatnot. All right. Uh, so what are the most common injuries you see mm. with, with fighters? I mean, you, fighters, you, 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 it'd you, probably be neck, neck is a big one. Particularly in, I should actually say particularly in jiu-jitsu. It happens a lot in striking too from punches. But neck. Shoulders. Uh, shoulders. 
shoulders particularly in jiu-jitsu mm. just from things like kamaras and um and stri- know, strikers, have, and strikers have a lot of shoulder injuries too from missing punches yeah yeah like overextensions mm-hmm. strikers kind of have it from overuse even especially like boxers and just positions where you kind of have to hike up the shoulder a bit just kind of a more impingement position kind of the strikers have it yeah i see more like overuse jiu-jitsu um athletes come in after a lot of times after a bad kimura or just their arm being put in a position that it didn't have the mobility for kind yeah. of thing and um low back is kind of a common one overall low back. Low, low back actually a lot more in jiu-jitsu yeah low actually. back and growing mm. yeah. yeah yeah well i think lower back injury might be a lifestyle um plague as well in terms of like we, we, we all sit a lot right? so. yeah exactly and that goes back to what we were saying before it's, it makes a difference what you do outside of the gym if you have a job where you're sitting a lot or not. For sure, for yeah. sure. But yeah, neck was probably, mm-hmm. neck's probably a big one. All right, so so if, um, actually talking about bad kimuras, mm-hmm. I, I have a, a great story to, to tell. Uh, so a buddy of mine, he, he, we even share a name, shout out to FIFA. Uh, so we were grappling one day, and I had a bad shoulder for some reason. Mm-hmm. And but he, he pulled off a Kimura, and I thought I was going to get out, but I didn't. And I heard like a crack. I was like, holy fuck, he broke my arm. <laughs> Actually, he he put it back in, into place. It was never better. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's Yeah, my, my awesome. right shoulder, I can feel it sometimes. Left yeah. shoulder, never again. And I felt, I actually felt the, yeah, (laughs) actually felt the sense of relief Mm -hmm. afterwards. It was sharp pain at first, then a sense of relief. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, I think you put my shoulder back in place. I was like, yeah, man, it's impossible. I'm like, no, really, I think you put my shoulder back in place. I did. (laughs) Well, if it felt better, you did something right. No, two or three years after the fact, my shoulder is amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, ridiculous, but yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a good, good story. Than him doing a Frank Mirror breaking your arm, I guess. Oh, yeah, I guess but, so. So, so yeah. um, you were interested in MMA, you said. Why Why is it that you never competed? Mm, well, kind of once I started jiu-jitsu, I kind of lost interest in striking. It was kind of a couple things. Like, I started in Edmonton and um, training jiu-jitsu. Like, I kind of dabbled in it. I did a class here and there, but it wasn't until I was kind of in Edmonton that I started going more like a couple times a week and then I actually just couldn't even make the sparring class for kickboxing or even the advanced class at the gym I was at so I didn't really I just kind of stopped doing striking and I just kind of found I didn't miss it so hmm. it just didn't end up going that route one yeah. thing led, and like led I said, to another I decided <laughs> I probably shouldn't to be training a lot with getting hit in the head. That's, that's, that's definitely mm, Yeah, and I had done Muay Thai for like kind of five years at that point. And uh, yeah, Jiu-Jitsu was like a nice change. And okay. yeah, I just, you never I thought I would go back into Muay Thai, but it just kind of didn't. Oh, we still have that private class to do. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I owe I, I, Christina part private Muay Thai class because she <laughs> treated me once. Um, so, so by the way, um, you, you never competed in Muay Thai nor Jiu-Jitsu or am I wrong? Um, uh, yeah, maybe you're a bit wrong, but okay. uh, All right. I did a Muay Thai tournament, and I actually did, I had an unexpected fight in Thailand, and, uh... You fought in Thailand? It. Yeah, I did. Like, yeah. pro fight? Uh, I don't think it's considered pro. It didn't feel pro, but... <laughs> 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 it was a last-minute, last-minute decision when I was traveling as a young, brilliant 
Yeah, no, it was a not not great decision. It worked out well. It worked out fine. It was actually a super cool experience. Did you win? No, I didn't. I lost. I felt like I won. Not gonna lie, I she ate a lot of punches, but okay. turns out punches don't count. But so, yeah. Thai rules, right? Yeah, uh, okay. they didn't speak English. I didn't speak Thai, so I was kind of like, oh well, she's blocking my cakes and not my punches, so I'm just gonna keep punching her. Yeah. But yeah, it doesn't. The tie rules, they don't count for as much. Or I'm not even sure what it was, actually. But I thought I won because I was feeling pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of made more contact with her than she did me, I thought. But And then uh, everybody booed when mm-hmm. when her hand was lifted. So I wasn't the only one that thought that. Was she but like it was local? still just a... Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was like just still a super cool experience. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I also, I mean, don't think she was going super hard on me. They fight so often. They don't care about a couple losses here and there. I think she probably being a bit nice to me but uh yeah it was cool it was in a backyard ring at like, nine o'clock in the dark and it was like nice. bleachers people pounding on the ring it was like a straight up everybody fight smoking i know yeah, everyone else awesome. i felt bad because everyone else on the card was like they're all nervous they've been prepping for this and i kind of just showed up the day before and there was a someone dropped out of the fight and that's how they gave it to me oh but, okay did yeah. you have a talent train or no, I did actually a year after, but I didn't. Um, yeah, I did a year after, but ironically, I didn't end up fighting that time. I was, but yeah, I was there training for a month, a year, uh, a year or two after. Sorry, and I didn't end up fighting. Was, There's was just kind of a miscommunication, and then I kind of thought about it when I was there, and mm. just didn't end up happening, and um, nothing was nothing was really lined up but uh, yeah that time I was just backpacking through it was my first week of like a three-month backpacking stint I was 22 and bold and I just started sparring but I was like yeah I'll take this fight <laughs> I wouldn't right. do that now knowing <laughs> everything that could have happened that could have ruined you're responsible now Christine. I'm responsible now I know I know what happens now so okay well, what tell, so so they offered you it was simple, I guess. They offered you to fight. You said yes. Uh, I showed up for a lesson, just a Muay Thai lesson. I was on this island to go to the famous full moon party. And uh, they couldn't say Christine, so I was just Canada. Like, Canada, you strong. You fight tomorrow. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, I'm just here to go to that famous party. Then we're moving on to the rest of Thailand, whatever. And uh, I don't know. I just kind of got convinced to take this fight. It was at 9 o'clock, so they said I had a lot of recovery time after the party. <laughs> I felt like at night and uh, I just I was like yeah sure why not I went in Thailand and uh, yeah I don't know it worked awesome. out it was a cool experience oh like, yeah just the yeah it was well it was Canada you cool. did it yeah I did it <laughs> the best part was everyone was lined up after to take a picture with me I felt super cool right <laughs> that was the best part and Jiu Jitsu I've done a few tournaments um, but uh, it actually has been a while I I would like to compete again soon like I'm hoping to get a couple in this year mm-hmm. but it just hasn't really worked out with my we're schedule. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. What do, you, what do you think about belting system in jiu-jitsu? Mm. Because, because you told me you want you you don't want to be a blue belt for a while. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I but but I hate much, belting system, but, personally. Uh, so, I think there's pros I think there's pros and cons to so what, what would be pros and cons for you? What uh, do you think? I think for pros, it gives something to like strive towards. And I was kidding. I'm, I'm not overly extrinsically motivated, so it doesn't really matter to me what color belts or whatever. Like, I enjoyed it regardless of when I was a white belt versus now. Like, I yeah. enjoyed it all throughout. But uh, it does give... A lot of people are extrinsically motivated. And, I mean, it, it does feel nice for me to get, like, a promotion, so I can't say that I don't care at all. But it gives something to work... Give people something to uh, work towards, I think. Yeah. So uh, I think that's what's nice about it. And it kind of offers, like, 
a respect because usually you're a lot of times like maybe I shouldn't say usually but the belt your belt color is reflective of how long you've been training and I think it is very respectful to honor the people that have been doing it for 25 years and they really put the time in to become an expert aka a black belt Uh, it, it is kind of a nice way to acknowledge that and to kind of acknowledge the people who you know it's, it's kind of nice to be able to respect who's been doing it longer and theoretically if you have a higher belt color you should kind of be more knowledgeable in it so yeah. it is nice for those things that's true um that's true. yeah yeah i think it's it's nice for that it's like oh that guy's a brown belt i should take his advice he knows more than me and it kind of sets that up although that's just not always true so that's a con for that yeah, is that you should yeah. assume that and because everyone has different styles Etc. But I mean, that's kind of up to the person to take into a, account too. That's, yeah, I mean, but, we're all adults. Yeah, we're all adults, so you kind of have to. Yeah, you know, that's a whole different story. That's something I I don't like about belting system. Mm-hmm. Uh, since I grew up in more traditional martial art, mm-hmm. and um, you can see that, uh, that I don't know. To me, in jujitsu, like belts and belting systems seems a hell of a lot like a money grabber. Than, yeah. than actually a sign of respect and and a, and, and status yeah. in, in a community. Um, so I, I think it like the gym. On the school. That's true. That's yeah. true too. Uh, but, but like for me, um, I mean for sure, like gym needs to be a community. Mm-hmm. Something I talked about with with Joy Pavlovich in our first podcast. Um, and for sure, community needs status symbols. Mm. And like, as as someone who's into sociology, uh, for sure that's very very useful. Yes, we need statuses. True. We need social structure. It's we true. need we need it when we're social beings. Yeah, that's how people. And exactly, yeah. Decide so to cooperate. cooperate so so uh, having a belting system is is amazing in that regard. Mm-hmm. But when when it becomes um, like a commercial thing, yeah, and. It's, oh, I, I hate it. And what I don't like is that, like, white belts uh, shouldn't compete against, the, like, your, your world white belt champion. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It makes me, it makes me cringe a bit because, like, either you're a world champion or not. You can be yeah. a world champion with a black belt, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But if you can be the black belt, if you're a white belt and become a world champion, yeah. then belts don't really make sense, right? Yeah. So, what, and exactly, once you start making categories, yeah. Uh, like world championships and like according to belts. Yeah. I think that's when you you make them meaningless. Exactly. Like because yeah. the belt. Yeah, can... I know that was. I always thought that weird too. I I I know exactly what you mean. I've kind of thought that a couple of times myself. When you think world champion, you think like world champion in your weight or whatever, like the Olympics, not yeah. world champion at like your first year of doing something. Or you know, in that way, I see. I totally see what you mean. It's kind of seems a little bit more business oriented or money oriented. Mm-hmm. That's why I prefer so, no with those things, I guess, I guess on the business side of things, they do help to fund these giant tournaments and get more people competing. Because if you didn't compete until you're black belt, I think we all know that's a small number of people. For sure. But I know it is interesting that they would call it a world champion. There probably could be a different name. Like, I won the purple belt division at this. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. But, but, it's, but it's still, like, just, just get them all. One or like weight classes, mm-hmm. that's legit, right? Weight classes are here for a reason. Yeah. Get them into, into the weight classes and go for it. Like belts don't really matter. Sure, like if if you and I think like for the for the for someone who's carrying uh, a black belt, I think that's just unnecessary pressure. Because you can learn something from from a white belt. You can even oh, lose totally. from a white belt and learn something. Totally. And, yeah. But, but yeah, but then you're under pressure. 
Like if you're fighting a, a white belt and you lose, then yeah. a lot of people are questioning your your sensei. A lot of people are questioning your gym. Like yeah. what kind of black belt are you? Yeah, yeah. Right? So and it's not. I'm I'm just a regular black belt that happened to lose to a white belt who's yeah. that, that white belt is very good. Yeah. Yeah. So. But I mean, yeah, I think it's in, also up to the black belt or everybody who knows the black belt in that situation to understand that everyone has a bad day or something. There's proteges or like stylistically or different styles in jiu-jitsu make a huge difference. They do, they do. So I think it's also up to, if people are going to be judging that black belt on that, also it's kind of like, are those people whose opinions you're going to value? Like if you're going to judge a black belt who's been yeah. doing 20 years but for but one still, match, like, and, and, I don't know. And that's exactly what I'm trying to say. Like if there were no belts, we wouldn't even have a discussion like that. Like we would have yeah. people that know how to do jiu-jitsu, people that know how, how to grapple well, and that's it. <laughs> you would know their names. Yeah, that's true. Like that's you do, true. like like you in the end, like you do in uh, grappling, no yeah. gi, right? No belting system whatsoever, but you know who they are. Yeah. That's it. That's all you need to know. That's true. No gi, there's no belt system. So and yeah. it's fine. If so, that that's why that's why I'm. I I can see the benefits for sure. Don't get me wrong, but I'm in general against it. Yeah. I think they're, yeah. they're doing more harm than good. Uh. So okay and. I did have a question about um, about your treatment. So okay, so what do you think are are like the greatest mistakes uh, in training that that's kind of plaguing the, the jujitsu community right now? If if that if that question makes sense. Um. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I see what you mean. Um. Well, I do think a dynamic warm up is is important. I mean, I have to admit, I sometimes don't do a study that much of a warm-up as I should, but it's it, uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of people do get injured when they feel cold, but a dynamic functional warm-up, like, and I think that, I do think that in jiu-jitsu, this should be part of everyone's warm-up, it's like shoulder rolls, tornado rolls, or things that, um, like, to me, a functional dynamic, a functional warm-up is a warm-up that prepares you for the function you're about to do. So if you need to shrimp in jiu-jitsu, if you need to shoulder roll, those should be in the warm-up to warm up your body for those specific movements. Mm. Like, um, if you have, you know, just a short time for a warm-up, you should be going through that. So I do think that's important, and that's something that I don't necessarily see enough of, and I think it could help because a lot of times people come in, and maybe this is just how their brain works, but they'll be like, oh, I got injured this, yeah. and my first roll, or I don't know, I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was quite warmed up enough, or I, I hear that a lot. So I think that could be prevented if you everybody instated a dynamic warm up. But that being said, a lot of injuries also come from tapping a little bit too late. Mm -hmm. So you know we always joke about that, but it is too. People tap yeah, too late, they yeah. push their limits, and then you next thing you know you sprain something, you strain something, and yeah. uh, so you know putting away the ego does help to prevent injuries in jujitsu. Oh, and like I said, just being flexible enough for what you need to be flexible. You know, some people sit there aiming to do the splits. How often do you actually need to be able to do the splits? You, you pretty much never do in jujitsu, right? But you should, you know, make sure that you have, you know, you're able to comfortably get into a closed guard position, comfortably let someone put you in a kimura without, you know, mm -hmm. injuring yourself as they even just put your hand behind your back. Yeah. So I think it helps to have the mobility for the movements that you need at minimum. For sure. Yeah, if you want. It doesn't hurt to have more than that, but uh, a lot of people just kind of get into the whole, like, oh, I should stretch this, I should stretch this. It's like, well, you know, as long as you're stretching enough to be stretchy in where you need to be stretchy yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. is more important it. than just general it. stretching. Okay. Yeah. All right, so what do you think, like, um, do you have any, okay, 
I'm trying to phrase a question and I'm stuttering. Mm -hmm. uh, so, any type of book that you would recommend for a general jiu-jitsu practitioner to read in order to... Mm, I don't... Any go-to resource? Yeah, I I don't have one, not gonna lie. No? I haven't really read any of the jujitsu books or mm -hmm. anything like that at all. Or, or physiotherapy books, whatever. Um, yeah, I can't yeah. say okay. I've really read one. I know a lot of people have read Supple Leopard and have asked me I, about it, but to be I, honest, I, I, I wanted haven't, to ask you about I it right now. Read it. I know, I haven't read it. I don't know. I like to read, like, I like to de rehab my brain when I'm. Yeah, not I get at work, it. I get especially it, during yeah. my new videos, and even jujitsu. I love jujitsu, but sometimes it's nice to talk, not think about jujitsu or rehab, since those mm -hmm. I do almost every day. Yeah, rehab I do five six days a week at work, and then jujitsu I do you know four times a week roughly. It's nice on my days to read. Yeah. Like a book I will recommend just for everyone to read is *Sapiens*. It's an amazing book. Yeah, but <laughs> actually, I, actually, not related to jujitsu or physio, well, but it's unreal. It, it, yeah, it's it, it is it is great. Yeah, and yeah. From from the scientific point of view, it, it holds water. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's great. Yeah. And I actually bought a new one from him. Uh, oh, Homo Yeah, yeah, I have that too. I haven't started it yet. No, me neither. That's just a book that everyone should read. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't really read jujitsu or physio books. I mean, outside of the textbooks I had to read during school. Mm -hmm. I do listen to occasional podcasts and stuff about physio. and But yeah, sometimes it's nice to not have to think about those. For sure. Yeah. What do you think about pseudoscience in, in physiotherapy that surrounds physiotherapy? Uh, like what? What do you mean? Reiki? Oh, like the other the even other even 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 I can I can even put chiropractors chiropractors in it because I don't believe in I, I was just reading a couple of articles today and I actually had a fruitful discussion yesterday about it uh, we were having a beer there's a girl that goes to chiropractors and she swears by it and I was like oh, you know what because I have only bad experiences myself yeah so I, like when I was experience younger experience makes a big difference for sure for sure and, and yeah, yeah and, and like. And on the other hand, like when when I was younger, I thought truth is either A or B. And now, as I'm getting older, I yeah. kind of started to realize that eh, you know what? There's a lot of that gray area where yeah, things exactly. happen. Yeah. Some some things truly are A or B, but yeah. a lot of other things, especially yeah. especially like we're complicated beings, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> so like and like you've been through a lot. You've lived in different countries and everything. And I think the more various experiences you have, the for sure. The more open-minded you become, and the more you just question everything, because you like I've trained at so many different martial arts schools. That's why I kind of like am on the fence about some things. So I'm like, oh, I've seen some things be super effective, some things be not, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, we're complex, and life is complex. Oh, and, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so you know what? Like, uh, I'll I'll save our our uh, talk about your rehab on tap for last. <laughs> I wanted okay. to save it, and now now it's your time. So okay. <laughs> Um, well, you know what? Well, I, I'll talk about it first in a little bit. So, um, so Christine, um, since you're not nervous anymore, right? Yeah. Okay, right? You're fine? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah, so basically what she's doing is she's trying to film um, some rehab videos based on the, the combat athlete's injuries, right? So, uh, if, if is, is, that, is that a good way to put it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to give prehab and rehab advice for, yeah, martial arts specific injuries. Super useful. Yeah, Super you. useful because no one's doing it. Yeah. It, and it's, when, when you look at the videos, you're, you're thinking, well, yeah, that totally makes sense. Okay, if it makes sense, if it's easy, why did I never thought about it? <laughs> it never crossed my mind to do, <laughs> the, to do those exercises. 
because you're stupid, Philip. Someone's smarter, <laughs> and someone's smarter, and that someone's named Christine Mack. So, uh, for sure, I, I think everyone should follow you. Where, where can people find more about you? Uh, more about me? Uh, well, our work website is peakhealthcalgary.com. Um, and then, yeah, Instagram, the videos referred to are rehab. Under, it's my Instagram tag is rehab underscore on underscore tap. Pun, okay. For those of you who didn't catch it, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's probably the main places you should look. I try not to post too much about me anywhere else, really. So all right, yeah, yeah. You don't like talking about yourself? No, really. Yeah, okay. I probably shared but, more than. But you should. <laughs> more than. But you should. I need to today, but you yeah. should. You should because uh, you can help a lot of people. Not only by not only by um, treating them like face to face, but also through the virtual space and through rehab on tap. So we'll put, what I'll do, I'll put everything in my podcast notes. Okay. So people can, um, people can click on whatever they want to click and, and follow you, which I uh, strongly advise them to. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know, did, did I not talk about some things and that you wanted to talk about? Uh, I don't think so. I... I didn't know what I was going to talk about today or what you wanted to talk no, about. Sorry, I usually, usually I have more complex structure uh, in the podcast and today we just decided to, to wing it. Yeah, so yeah. I had a couple of a couple of subjects I, I wanted to talk yeah. about. Like, if you so, want to, we can get into there. I no, I did. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 I did. And it's been 50 minutes and you have to go soon. Yeah. So, yeah, we're kind of time pressed. That's why I wanted to condense this podcast as much mm -hmm. as I could. Um, but, yeah, I think that is it then. All right. Sounds so good. if if uh, thanks for doing this, You're thank you, welcome. thank you, thank you thanks for being me. here. Uh, it was an, an amazing podcast. So today I recorded two podcasts. Both of them were great. Ooh, so yeah, I really enjoyed. Sunday. I really enjoyed. Sunday both fun of them. day. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. All right. So we still don't have any sponsors. If you guys um, would like to sponsor us, please do it, and I'll I'll be happy to accept whatever you can offer. And yeah, that's it. Thanks for watching, and see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.